Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 73, and today we are going to be talking about mica scents. Before we get started, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos packed full of information on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDOTonyK. As you may know, there are many different ways to listen to this podcast. We are streaming it out on our website, it's on SoundCloud, it's also on many mobile podcasting apps. Now with that, let's get back to the show. I'm very excited to welcome Drew Boschen, who is the Business Development Manager with MicaSense. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Drew. To get started, I'd really like to hear a little more about you and your background, as well as a little background on MicaSense. Yeah, thanks, Tony. I'm uh, excited to be on the show. Like you said, I'm uh, the business development manager at MicaSense. I've been with the company for just under two and a half years now. Uh, my background is primarily in agriculture. So I grew up on a farm in eastern Iowa. We grew corn and soybeans. We also raised some hogs. Um, so that kind of led me into getting an ag degree at Cornell. And then um, when I graduated from Cornell, I worked at a number of different ag-related companies. So the first one was Pioneer um, in a research position. I wasn't too excited about research, so I moved into into sales. So I worked for a, a precision ag dealer in sales for a while. And then I worked at the Climate Corporation for about three years in a sales role. And then uh, and I took a little hiatus from, from ag and I coached rowing for a couple of years. I know that's kind of obs- obscure, but when I, I got done coaching rowing, I knew that imagery and drones in agriculture were building some steam. And uh, so I, I started to look for positions in that space. And uh, I came across MicaSense, and I was lucky enough to be brought on board with them back in 2016. And so I've been with them ever since. Yeah, MicaSense started in 2014. So our kind of our, our founder um, was inspired to start this camera company um, he, by initially looking into building drones for agriculture. And so he was, he had this, this mission to build a drone for ag and uh, he was looking for payloads to carry on this drone and he couldn't find any suitable multispectral cameras. And so that kind of caused him to pivot and to focus on just building a really good multi-spectral camera for use in in agriculture and agricultural research. And so that's kind of how MicaSense was born. So we started out building a five-band camera called the Red Edge. I think the first rendition of that was 2014. And then we went on to make some some slight improvements. It was mostly moving from from 3D printed casing to molded plastic casing. I mean, that was the big change from Red Edge 1 to Red Edge 2. And then 
Red Edge 3 came out in 2015, and then we sold Red Edge 3 until, gosh, what was it, 2000, I guess it was 2017, November 2017, and then we came out with a new Red Edge M camera. So we've, we've really been focused on hardware development, mainly, um, specifically multispectral cameras. Let's go in a little deeper. So you talked, obviously, it's great to hear that Micah Sense has a a passion in the egg industry, and that's really where your guys' focus lies. And you talked a little bit about the different uh, versions or renditions of that Red Edge sensor, and now you guys have the Red Edge M. Let's go a little more in depth on what that sensor is and what the benefits are behind that Red Edge M sensor. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so the camera itself, I think I mentioned before, it's a five-band multispectral camera. So it has, if you looked at it, it kind of looks like a bug. It's got five big lenses. Um, and then behind those lenses, there's a, an imager for each one of those, one of those lenses. And each, each imager is representing a specific spectral band. So when you you hear about multispectral cameras, that just means that it's capturing multiple spectral bands over a certain portion of the spectrum. And so our camera in particular is focused on um, visible light and near-infrared light. So we're we're capturing a narrow band at blue, at green, at red, at red edge, and at near-infrared. And those those spectral bands are are very specific to crop health. So we're basically just capturing reflectance data at those strategic points along a plant's reflectance profile. So if you think about a plant's reflectance, um, like when, when we're looking at a plant, typically if it's healthy, it looks green, right? And that's because a plant has higher reflectance of green in the visible portion of the spectrum. But when we look at the red portion of the spectrum, for example, plants are absorbing a lot of red light when they're healthy. Um, so we're, we're looking at the amount of red light that is, that's getting reflected to have an idea kind of indirectly of how much red light is getting absorbed for photosynthesis. And so when, when plants start to experience stress, typically photosynthesis starts to deteriorate or not occur as much. And so the plant doesn't need as much red light. And so it starts reflecting more. And so that's kind of an example of why, you know, we have these bands at specific positions because then we can kind of get a, get a pulse on the health or the activity of a particular plant. So we've, we've chosen our five spectral bands specifically to gather relevant reflectance data about a plant canopy. So there's obviously numerous benefits to utilizing a multispectral camera. You're getting all of those levels of, of image on one pass with that one sensor, that one camera. And you talked about the, the differences between the near-infrared and the, the red and the green and the blue and, and all that. It's really neat to hear that you guys have one sensor, one camera that does all of that. I know there's a lot of UAVs on, in the industry that, that maybe they're using a single sensor or there are others out there that are using multi-spectral sensors and cameras. So it's really neat to hear a little bit more about why you would do that and where the benefit is. Taking your guys' Red Edge M sensor, how does that integrate into the Wingtra platform and then also maybe some other UAVs that you guys work with? 
Yeah, sure. So the the camera itself, we designed it with integration into drones in mind. So it's a very lightweight camera. It weighs about 170 grams. Um, it's got a really low power pull, low power consumption. So it's not going to be if you're if you're pulling from a drone's battery, it's not going to be detracting from from the flight time of the drone. And the triggering speed on the camera is really fast. So we can capture images up to one time per second. So if you're flying pretty low and pretty quickly, which typically drones do, we can still capture enough overlap to, to create a good orthomosaic. So with all that being said, the, the Winter drone, it's such a unique system. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to get our camera onto their drone, be kind of like the the uh, multi-spectral camera of choice for for the winter drone but they've they've got a a great payload bay the camera is it just fits right in there and they try to make it as streamlined as possible i can't speak to the all the specifics of the wing truss setup but i know they've got a a flight planner that allows for pretty simple mission setup and i believe the drone is sending trigger signals to the camera to tell the camera when it needs to trigger throughout the the flight of the drone so that's the i guess if i had to give you the, the biggest benefit of just having the camera fully integrated professionally into a uav platform it's that it's just got a a really streamlined setup process you can, I mean, you could go the route of just, you know, practically just like duct taping the camera to a, a phantom drone if you really wanted to. The downside to that is that you have to separately set up the mission of the drone so that you're, you're getting adequate spacing between the passes. So the camera is getting appropriate overlap. You also need to, to set up the camera separate from the drone. We have a little Wi-Fi signal that you can connect to, to, to set up either timer or overlap mode. So there's there's two or three more steps involved if you were to do some sort of do-it-yourself integration, whereas the, the people at Wingtra, they basically figured all that out for you, and you're, you're working through their flight planner, and the camera's just going to be, be triggering appropriately as you take off for the mission. You talked about numerous different ways about how those images get captured and the flight planning and how it all works together. Let's talk a little bit more about how you guys and your red edge sensor, how you guys are capturing that data and and what you're doing with it. Sure. Yeah. So every time the camera triggers, it's capturing five images. And each one of those images is representative of those five spectral bands. And so we've got this massive data set of, of five different pieces of reflectance data for that plant canopy. And we can use those five components to create different composites and indices that give us a better indication of what's going on in, you know, in either a crop canopy or a research plot or forestry, you know, many different applications. So for example, with, with the blue, green, and red bands, we can combine those to create an RGB composite. So one thing that that our customers really value about the red edge is that you can you can get a visible image of the plant canopy instead of just plant indices. So instead of just seeing an NDVI map or NDRE map, et cetera, you can get 
the, an image of what the, the canopy would look like if you were looking out of an airplane window. And so that's a good reference point for people when they're scouting or they just want to see what the crop looks like visibly. We can take the red and near-infrared bands and create an NDVI map that's going to show you biomass variability. At least it gives you a starting point into determining where the variability of biomass is occurring. NDRE is another index that we, we can create using red edge and near-infrared, and that's going to give us a better indication of the chlorophyll content of the crop. So um, in a lot of crops, depending on the, the time of, of season, chlorophyll variability is going to give us a good indicator of nitrogen uptake. So if you're looking for, for nutrient uh, use of your crop, that index can be pretty valuable. And then there are, you know, there, are, there are multiple different indices and composites beyond just those three that I mentioned that can be generated using those five bands. One, one that's, that's kind of unique to MicaSense that we've developed in our Atlas platform is uh, the weeds layers. And those are basically a composite that are showing us differences in plant species. And so if, if you're looking at a, a plant canopy that should be homogenous, like a you know, like a, a wheat crop or a corn crop or whatever. And if there are a bunch of weeds popping up all over there, that field, the weeds layer can identify where those weeds are occurring. You had made the comment about your guys' Atlas platform, the, the software that's out there. I know there's numerous different ways to stitch imagery and process data, and, and there's just so many of them out there. So it's it's great to hear that you guys have a platform of your own and many of the different things that you can do in it. So what processing options are out there for the Red Edge M sensor? And then also talk a little bit more on your guys' Atlas platform specifically. Yeah, absolutely. So the you're absolutely right that there are a number of different options for users. And uh, just to give you an example, we as a company, we've kind of decided we're a hardware company. We're going to focus on hardware development. So we do have Atlas as a software platform. But another part of our mission is just is to enable people as much as possible, people and companies, to be able to handle the data on their own. So we do have a GitHub article that shows you how to process Red Edge data in Python if you're like a research type person. But then there are also commercial offerings like Pix4D or Agisoft where you can process locally on a computer. I know Pix4D Fields just came out. That's like a super fast, um, pretty easy to use option for processing Red Edge data. There are other cloud-based platforms like Aerobotics is one of my favorites. They're a company out of South Africa that really focuses on tree crops. So they're building tools specifically around tree crop analytics, like tree tree counting and basically just determining um, variability of some of the characteristics I mentioned earlier, biomass chlorophyll content for different trees. It really depends on, on what kind of customer you are, what kind of user you are. Like, are you more of a... Um, production agriculture or research or um, per, like a particular type of crop, that's going to determine what you're, you're seeking out in terms of data processing and analytics. But our platform, Atlas, is, is used in conjunction with Pix4D. So you process data in Pix4D and then you upload that data to Atlas. And we basically try to just simplify the process of analysis and viewing the data. So we're taking that those five layers of information, blue, green, red, red edge, and near infrared from the camera that's been processed already in Pix4D. And we create 
create all these different indices like NDVI, NDRE, the weeds layers I mentioned before. We've got a chlorophyll map in there. The idea is just to, to simplify it. And, and with each layer, there's just a quick blurb about what the layer is doing. Um, so if you're not an expert in multispectral imagery or if you're not a GIS analyst, this, this platform should be more user-friendly. And um, there's some also some scouting tools like annotation, and you can bring an iPad out into the field and see where you're at relative to the the data set. So we've tried to sort of simplify things as much as possible just so that um, it's not intimidating for for people who just want to scout their field. That's a big thing that I run across, especially UAVs in the ag industry, is the the growers or the ag service providers, they want it simple. They want that data to come in. They want to be able to analyze that data and make those educated decisions. And it sounds like the Atlas software that you guys have, it really, it puts that out there. You guys have your, your weeds layer, your chlorophyll layer, the NDVI imaging. It's, it seems like it's a very nice user-friendly way of utilizing that. Integrating UAVs and imaging into a farming operation how does a grower do that? Where do they start? What do they do? What what do they look for? Yeah, that's the question that everyone wants answers to, right? It's it's kind of interesting. I've seen people take the take different approaches to integrating drone-based multispectral imagery into their operations. Some people just buy the system and they they go out and they try to discover things that maybe they didn't realize were going on. Um, other people have a specific action in mind and they buy the system and they go fly their fields with you know looking for a specific outcome so i think either one of those can can result in good things happening for instance i guess i'll give you a specific example related to the the weeds layers in atlas we we did a case study with a a table grape farm in california and when you're a lot of times when you're when you're growing a specific variety of grapes. You've got the the rootstock, and then you you have a specific variety that you graft onto that rootstock. And and sometimes those grafts can fail, and so the the variety that you wanted to grow does not grow, and the rootstock instead creates a shoot and produces grapes. The bad thing about that is that the grapes from that rootstock are really poor in quality, and they're going to decrease the value of the harvest. And so it's really bad when that occurs and you want to make sure that you eliminate all of those rootstock shoots. And I, they call them volunteer vines. You know, I, that, that rings a bell for me in Iowa because we have volunteer corn and soybean fields, but it's pretty much the same concept. You know, you've got an unwanted plant that's growing in your vineyard and you're trying to eradicate it. The difficult thing is that the, the volunteer vine looks almost identical to the desired variety. So when we, when we flew that field, the, the goal was to have a better indication of where those volunteer vines were occurring. And when we did fly the field and we looked at it through the weeds layers, the volunteer vines were extremely apparent. And it allowed the, the vineyard managers to walk directly to those vines and cut them out and eradicate them. So before doing that, the process was basically walking row by row all day long trying to visibly identify those volunteer vines, which was very difficult and time consuming. So that was a, a great example of a return on investment for use of, of the imagery. So that's, that's kind of like starting with a, 
a goal in mind and then applying the the technology. But we have other cases where you know people just go fly the fields and are looking for for interesting characteristics to pop out at them. And people have have used it that way to to see uh, nutrient deficiencies that are occurring in the fields, maybe uh, a virus that they didn't know was present when it actually was. So there's kind of examples or or cases for for both instances. That's really cool to hear your story about integrating UAVs into farming and agriculture. You talk about the grapes coming from where I'm at in the Red River Valley, Minnesota, North Dakota area. We always just think about corn and soybeans or maybe some sugar beets. So to hear that there's there's beneficial use in vineyards and orchards and all of those other levels or all those other avenues of agriculture, there's definitely benefit out there. Using a UAV in the story you told about the, the vineyard with the grapes is obviously a success story, but do you have any other success stories that you'd like to share with us, Drew, on something that just really, really put a smile on your face when it comes to mica sense and the ag industry? Yeah, I'll share a couple more. So the one that's probably more relevant for our Midwestern listeners is um, we had we were working with a researcher down in Kansas, and we again used that weeds layer, and I think we also used our chlorophyll map to to identify a wheat streak mosaic virus that was occurring in some of their research plots, which the the researcher had no idea that it was occurring until until we analyzed the data. So that was that was a, a good success story. And I think that can be, you know, replicated in production ag- agriculture as, as well, not just in research, but some, uh, some interesting applications that are a little bit outside ag that we've, we've heard of. There's a, an archeologist that we work with in the United Kingdom, and um, he's using our camera to, to identify uh, structures, basically ancient structures that are located underneath plant canopies. So the structures are are having an impact on the way that the the plant canopy is is growing or the plants are growing underneath those structures. And so he's found the red edge camera to be very useful as a tool for identifying where to start digging basically. So that was a really cool application. Yeah, I mean it's it's it seems like you know we, we have cameras, I think we have cameras now in over 65 countries. There's just like so many different applications for use of this this kind of data. I'm always I feel like every month I'm I hear about a new application and it's pretty exciting and surprising. As you're saying there, there's so many different ways to utilize these UAVs and these sensors and your specific multispectral red edge M sensor. If somebody had an idea or a thought of getting into UAVs and sensors and they wanted to learn a little bit more where can they go? Who can they talk to to learn more about MicaSense? Yeah, probably a good starting point would be to just go to MicaSense.com. We've got a ton of resources on our site uh, that tell you more about the camera, the data that's being collected. If you want to look at case studies and see specifically how the data is being used, I'd recommend going to our blog. If you just go to blog.MicaSense.com. On, on either one of those sites, you can reach out to us. If you want to reach out to me directly, my email is just drew at micasense.com. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. 
I just want to thank you, Drew, for sitting down with me and talking about MicaSense and what you guys have to offer. Like I said, there's so much that goes into the the UAV industry and agriculture, and it's neat to hear that you guys are really putting a focus on that at MicaSense. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tony. I'm really happy to be part of the, the podcast this morning. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit rdoequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R-D-O-T-O-N-Y-K, where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.